Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, are you ready for what's going on tonight? Am I ready? (laughs) You know, it's funny because you never would think that in your lifetime you would experience a moment like we're experiencing right now. Wow. You you, you would never even have imagined that in such a short time from the moment of civil rights, of the civil rights area, where most of us weren't even born when that occurred, to now, where we're on the cusp of seeing the first African-American president of the United States. Mm. And what does that say about this country, Brian, and what does that say about how far we've come? Is it the fact that we've come so far, or is it the fact that it's just time for change? You know, ironically, I don't think we've come that far, but we've come far enough, and I think that we needed this type of catalyst, this type of, you know, infusion of energy and, and force and will and might to really get us to start thinking about the real change that needs to occur in this country yes. you know so for so long we have been hoping that change would come and then we see somebody that's a true representative of change you know in a barack obama and we say wow this guy you know an eloquent speaker he's very smart he's very rational he's very careful at what he says and how he says it and how he approaches the topics that he discusses you know, and so it's been an interesting race. I mean, even from the beginning, when he was going up against, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Hillary Clinton. Thank you. You know, it's, it was an interesting race then. It had become an interesting race even more so now on both sides. Like even with the John McCain, you know, you have to give John McCain a whole lot of credit because he was an underdog coming out, you know, and again, this race isn't over. You know, but, you know, in all hopes and dreams and not, you know, especially my hopes and dreams is that it's over. But we already know that it's, it's a lot of time left. Yeah. You know, but in reality, John McCain had come out as the underdog and beat all these super-duper conservative guys out, mm-hmm. you know, which tells you that most of these people aren't really too key up on conservatism. You have the conservatives, but, you know, People want real change, and they know that you can't always be uh, so super conservative in your views that you weed out and alienate everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I tell everybody, I'm very conservative in a lot of my views, but I'm very liberal on issues. Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't believe that you should shove your, you know, per, you know, point. I don't believe you should shove your religion down someone's throat, but at the same time, you don't let go your values to accommodate theirs. Right. You know, and that's what I saw the Republican Party trying to attempt. They start shoving, you know, their personal religious values down the throats of Americans, and people were saying, look, I'm going to worship the way I want to worship. I'm not going to let you dictate the way I worship. Right, right. Brian, we have a uh, one of our favorite guest in the uh, chat room. Yes, sir. Mr. Uh, best pastor in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, TZ Ministries. I tell you what, uh, he, he's watching the election. He can't hardly sit still. And Brian, I'm just <laughs> sitting here just as nervous as I don't know what because, you know, we both live in Florida, and we know the things that happen here in Florida, and we know a lot of the problems that's going on now. And, you know, it's just so sad that people will do the things that they're doing right now to try to steal the election. I I just wish, Brian, that someone would step forward and say, you know what, you people need to go to jail for what you're doing. They need to hold them accountable for what they're doing, uh, the cheating. And uh, it's just it's just so sad. Here down in Miami, Brian, down in your, your hometown, uh, just this morning the ballots were wet. How in the world did the ballots get wet? Why did you take them outside for them to get wet? You don't get your ballot unless you get inside the building. 
And once they got inside, you know, they, they, they said the, the machines didn't work. So what they did was they gave them ballots, but it didn't have the president, the, the candidates for president on them. Well, what is that? You know, it's funny because there was a similar situation that happened right here in Leon County in Tallahassee, Florida, where we both live. And there was uh, an issue where because they were the way that they were taking the ballots off of the reams, like there's a ream of 25 ballots, and when the way they were tearing them off the reams, they were having like little pieces of the uh, the particles of the paper weren't tearing off correctly. So as they were being fed into the machine, the little pieces and particles of paper were were getting stuck in the machine and causing false reads. Mm-hmm. And so you know a lot of the things that have happened aren't necessarily um, you know issues where people are trying to you know manipulate the system. It's just that. You know, you have those certain things happen. You have voter irregularities. But you also have issues where people have been trying to manipulate the system. I can recall uh, as I was traveling from uh, Texas this weekend, you know, they talked about how people were, you know, they had uh, police cars in front of the polling places, and they said they were there for people's protection. But, you know, the rumor was that they were looking for people who might, you know, have had warrants or who were in trouble with the law. Because they had, you know, in order to go to the polling places, you had to show your ID, and then they would verify your voter registration number by your ID. Well, how do they do that? They run it through the system. And, of course, if that system, you know, says, hey, this guy's a felon or, hey, this lady's a felon, it would alert the police. You know, and so people were afraid to go and vote early, and they would say, well, we'll just wait for our polling place and go and vote at the polling place because we know the polling place is just going to look at your ID and match it up on the name, mm-hmm. you know. And so you had those issues, you know, going on. Also, they were talking about how they had a lot of cold calls in places, in, you know, in battleground states like Ohio and, and Pennsylvania where people were saying, you know, because they're going to be such a huge turnout, they want uh, Republicans to vote on Tuesday and Democrats to vote on Wednesday. <laughs> You know, but the most telling of all is at the end of the campaign, and I mean from from Sunday morning all the way to last night, late last night when I went to sleep, and even in even this morning uh, before I went to work, mm-hmm. I saw them running tons of campaign, uh, tons of commercials talking about Obama's relationship with the Pastor Jeremiah Wright. Mm-hmm. And you know what's so funny about that is. Here it is. First you called him a Muslim. Then you called him a radical Christian. So which one is he? Well, most people believe he's a Muslim. And then the rest say, well, he's a radical Christian. But the reality is, if he tells you, this is not what I subscribe to. I mean, I know plenty of people who have pastors that have said certain things that most people would not think is right or mainstream. And what they've done is they've taken those things out of context, or they pulled little pieces of it and replayed it, so that it makes him seem as if he's bashing America. But you know, Obama never responded to that. If you noticed at the end, he never did respond to that. Uh, this last week, every day it was something different, and it wasn't about the economy. Uh, one minute it was about. You know, one minute it was about Obama and heirs. One minute it was about Obama and someone else. And it, it was always about Obama when, when Obama's whole thing is it is about the country. And I think what uh, the other side did was they got so caught up and in, 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 in so desperate that all they could do was attack, attack, attack. But they were on the defense because Obama was going in their areas because he had so much money. He was able to go in their areas and put them on defense in their own backyard. And now, uh, from what we've been seeing on television, that Obama just may steal Arizona. Yeah, I did, see, and New Mexico. <laughs> I'm actually looking at that now. He just may steal New Mexico. You know, but, you know, the other thing that I thought about was, you know, they talked about Obama foregoing public financing. He felt that he could raise more money by doing you know exactly what he did, and that's going out and asking people not for a whole lot of money, 
but just a little bit, just mm-hmm. a little bit. They said the average donor gave him about $5. So if you can imagine, everybody in that that helped to create that 160 plus million dollars no six, I'm sorry 600 plus million dollars that he raised mm-hmm. these were basically 5 and 10 dollar donations wow. on the average well right now Brian he's at 175 and McCain is at 70 mhm it is still early uh there's a lot that that could go on but uh you know it is it's sad Brian. I, I I was while I was sitting just thinking today about how black men used to get hung back in the day, just hanging from a tree, and the whites would laugh and and joke and have fun and have the kids around to see something like that. And, and you, we all know Martin Luther King's speech. Martin saw all of this before we did. He saw it and put it in a speech. And now we're starting to see this thing come into fruition. It's a beautiful thing. And, Brian, so much was done to uh, to us a long time ago that is really, really sad. I remember hearing an older woman when I was a little boy talk about how the master used to wake them up late at night, wake the women up and wake the husbands up. And they would take the women out into an outhouse, and they would take the husband, and they would make the husband uh, watch them have sex with their wife. Uh-huh. And then they would get the daughter. It doesn't matter. And it, it didn't matter how old the daughter was. They would get the daughter and make him watch them have sex with the daughter. Now, you know what that did to the man. Of course. Broken homes right at, immediately because... As a man, I don't care how long ago, I don't care what's going on, but if you can't protect your family, to sit there and watch something like that. Brian, you know, and and now you see this man under a lot of pressure running for the president, and he just may get it tonight. I'm praying that he does. And Mm -hmm. people in this country are still saying mean and hurtful things because they feel that they're about to lose power and they feel that they're about to lose their control and some uh of some 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 ignorant people are saying oh he's going to put us into slavery that's not true that's not true and Brian it's almost as if they hate us as if we had them in slavery <laughs> what do we do to you for you to hate us so much it's got to be something in us that they see it's something Brian it's some type of power it's something that they see you know what they see? And it's not necessarily what they see. It's what they fear. They fear see they, they fear us actually doing the right thing. They fear that a black man getting in the office would actually do the thing that's responsible for other blacks. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, far too often you've seen people that were have been you know, you've seen a, a nation of black people who, you know, by and far have been disenfranchised, disowned, disrespected, disregarded, you know. And so now you have somebody who brings them hope. You know how many little boys and little girls out there are saying, I can do it. I talk with uh, my son plays football for the uh, City League here in town. And I was talking to some of the kids the other day. I gave them a ride home. And I said, do you all believe, I said, what do you all think about Barack Obama being president? And one little boy says, I voted for John McCain. And then he laughed. And I said, you voted for John McCain? I said, why would you vote for John McCain? He was like, no, really, I voted for Obama. So, you know, he's joking with me. But I asked him, I said, how does that make you feel for a black pre- for a man a black man to be president? He said it makes me feel like I could be president. Hmm. You know, and so what happens is you instill hope into these children, into this next generation, a hope that wasn't there before. Four years ago, we would have never even fathomed 
that a black man would have a shot at the presidency. Because every year that I can remember since I voted, I've seen black men run for president. And they couldn't even get out of the primary. I, I, we could say this about Obama, Brian, is that we that one thing that we can say is he's uniting people from all sides. He's not you know, just, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, w- I want to bring up this point. Most people don't even know that Obama is not the only black person running for president. Right. Cynthia there are actually two others in the race. I think Cynthia McKinney out of Atlanta, I believe. Mm-hmm. Cynthia McKinney out of the Green Party, and then uh, Alan Keyes as a Libertarian. Those are the other two black people running in the race. Because those two, those are the other parties that would that at the at a particular time, those minor parties aren't as divisive as the larger parties as far as having representation. Yes. Yes. And and and, and Brian, what I wanted to touch on was the fact that uh Barack Obama Brian uh he's reaching across lines he's doing something that no other candidate has been able to do he's changed the way people will run for president i guarantee you everything pretty much has changed and and, and it's a it's a beautiful thing now to hear the kids say i have a chance i have a chance I I can become president. Would you agree, Brian? I I totally agree. You know the thing is, now that these these and not just kids, people people believe. See what most people are thinking that oh all there's a whole bunch of black people voting for Obama and blah blah blah. I'll tell you something. I have run in. I work with black people, white people, but mostly. Uh, White people, a lot of white folks that I work with, and I talk to a lot of people, and the majority of white people that I've talked to are all voting for Obama. Yes. I came in, and uh, I had an Obama poster. I had to go and get more because everybody wanted my poster. And I'm thinking, wow, Mm -hmm. here it is. All these white people are voting for Obama. Why? Well, let me ask you this, Brian. Do you think that we are being a little, you think that we're being a little bit, um, how do I put this, you know, we we don't have enough faith in, 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 in whites to think that they will vote for Obama? Do, do you think we're wrong to think that? You know what? I don't necessarily think that we're, well, let me let me see how can I put this. I think it's presumptive to think that just because Obama is a black man that all black people will vote for him. Because I've actually ran into quite a few black people who aren't voting for Obama, and they are voting for McCain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the the prevailing thought is that if you're black, you're voting for Obama. Well, that's not true. That's, that's not true. That's not and true. so naturally you would think because John McCain is running and he's white that you would have, you know, all white people voting for McCain because he's white, which is also not true. See, I think what you do is when you tell people that you're voting for that particular person because of a color, you inject race into the equation. And see, with Obama, it's kind of hard to say that you're injecting race into the equation because Obama is both black and white. So... You know, explain that to me. How can you call a man, uh, how can you say he's a racist when he's not just black, he's both black and white? Well, you know, you know he has I, a black heritage and he has a white heritage. I, I had a problem with that. I, I think that they need to uh, acknowledge both sides. Exactly. You don't leave out one to uh, to talk more about the other side. And, you know, it's, it's sad, but we didn't call him that. That was called by the media and the mainstream, uh, the African-American. African-American, that's all you heard. Now, I, I would listen to a lot of the commentators, and some of them would say biracial. Some of them would say that. Right. And, I did hear them say that. Yes. And, and it, you know, they call him all these names, the elitist. They call him all these different, all these different names, and it's kind of like they're talking in codes. 
with with some of the things that they say. And for for people to say I'm afraid of him, what is he going to do? Are you afraid of his name or are you afraid of the color of his skin? What what is it? What is it that you're afraid of? I think you know, I think I think when they say that they're afraid, I think that they're afraid to say it's a race issue. You know, and I'm reading. I'm actually reading in the chat room. It says uh, one of our chat room listeners says, "I didn't vote for Obama. Will I be labeled because I didn't? I thought McCain was the lesser of two evils. I see them both as big government." Mm-hmm. Now, you know, that I can't necessarily um, disagree with everything that he said. You know, and and I'll tell you, you know, and thank you for uh, for you know. Giving us your opinion, voicing your views and your opinion. Here's my take on on Barack Obama. Now, I actually did vote for Barack Obama. I'm a Barack Obama supporter, but I don't like everything that he's doing. You know, I don't, and I can't. And and with a president, you won't like everything that he's doing. You see what I'm saying? Yes. If you if you go for every single thing that this person is doing, you become nothing more than a yes man. See. People have to set the policies. See, the president can present a policy, but the people have to voice their opinion. What you see now is people voicing their opinion on the policies. Hey, there was a lot of people that uh, that didn't vote for uh, John Kerry, that, you know, Democrats that didn't vote for John Kerry in the 2004 election. Mm-hmm. I was really torn. I actually voted for John Kerry. But I didn't want to. But I didn't want Bush in there either. You see? So it was like, okay, what do you do? You know, I saw John Kerry being just as reckless with policies as Bush was. But I already saw what Bush got us into. I already saw what Bush... I said, let me see something different. Right now, people say, well, we can't afford to have a president that's not tested. Well, guess what? Was... President Bush tested? Not really. You know, he was a governor of a state, but it's not like being president of the United States. Did he have ideas? Well, let's see. His ideas pretty much mirrored his father's ideas. He went right back to the same well that his father was, you know, digging. Mm-hmm. You know, so and so when you have those situations, you know, what do you do? Now that we've seen what eight years of Bush policies has brought us, most people are afraid that John McCain will do much of the same thing, or even worse, because John McCain is so much of a maverick that he would do even something that's even crazier. I, I that's that, what people are afraid of. I think people are afraid of that. But Brian, you know? I want, yeah, I want to switch gears real quick. Uh, one thing that we didn't talk about in this election um, like we did in the last election People really, they touched on religion a little bit. They really didn't open that up too much. Uh, they had Sarah Palin um, out in, out there in, in Alaska, and um, we noticed that they touched on hers a little bit, but they really wouldn't go deep into the religion issue. And I want to know why is that, why wouldn't they do that? You know why? Because it was already assumed, because of her views, that we don't even need to touch on her religion. Because her views were so conservative, she had such a conservative view on certain issues, and that was the, pretty much the the road that they went. You know, they said we're going to be we're going to stay right on this super ultra conservative road, and yet they called her a maverick as well. But you know, I remember her giving a speech in front of. I think it was at a college, and she was on stage, and I really couldn't tell where she was speaking, and she was talking about her faith. And then another time she had this guy to come in to pray for her to get into a position, and some said that this guy was a witch doctor or something. Now, and then you had the issue with uh, Jeremiah Wright. When it really didn't go into religion, it went more into what he was saying. Right. It was more of what what he said, and I think a lot of what he said was taken out of context. Because if you heard the entire speech, you wouldn't think you wouldn't think it was that bad if you heard the entire speech. See, and that that's that's the other thing. When you look at the way that they scripted that for him, 
you heard them play the certain things that would get under people's skin. Not God bless America, God de America, you know. And so if you would have heard the whole the whole story of what he was talking about, you would have understood his statements. But you know they do that all the time. We've seen, and this not, is not just a uh, Barack Obama, John McCain thing. Even here locally you've seen where both Democrats and Republicans have used pieces and parts and portions of what someone has said or has, you know, things that they've done to, you know, basically attack them in the media and make people think negatively against them. You know, I can I can recall uh Oh wow. Says Obama just took Ohio. Uh-oh. Wow. And in our local election, we see that uh Alan Williams has been the Florida House of Representatives District, District 8. He leads with 83% of the vote. Wow, that's amazing as well. Alan. I saw him in the parade just this past weekend. Yeah, Alan's a good guy. I think he'll be a great representative for us. And here's another race in our local district. Forgive us for doing local policy stuff here, but, you know, we have to keep it real. We keep it real for our local people. We see that Peter Bowler leads by 52% over Michelle Vasilinda. And we also see that the Amendment 2 looks like it's going to pass by 62%. And so I'm looking at some of this local stuff, and, you know, it's all well and good. What I haven't seen is the results for president for Florida, I mean, as far as the uh, Florida election goes. They were showing it earlier, and I guess it's because it's too close to call. They said, let, let us take this off the local news. <laughs> yeah, and McCain just took Louisiana, which is no surprise. Oh, local is Tallahassee. Yes, it's Peter Bowler, the linebacker. <laughs> it's just, I'm talking to the people in the chat room, so forgive me. Yes. yes. You know, and again, people will be surprised to know that, yes, you know, you have a lot of Democrats who are voting for a person like Peter Bowler. And we're in northern Florida. Yeah, we're in northern Florida. Northwest, northwest. We're almost in Pensacola. Mm-hmm. You know, and so here it is. You have a lot of Democrats that vote that are going to vote for Republican Peter Bowyer, not because you know they believe he's going to you know do anything for them personally, but because they believe that he has, just based off name recognition, the quote unquote star power to get into those particular places. You know, and that I mean, and that's really what when you look at people. Most of the people who get elected don't get elected for the first time off their policies. They get elected off their star power. They get elected off their influence. And many people may say, well, this is what Barack Obama is doing. He's getting elected off his star power. He's getting elected because people believe that he can talk well and he can do these things. But when you look at it, isn't that part of what we need? We have to have somebody that we believe in. We have to have somebody that we think can affect true change. And, you know, more often than not, when you see the same old people in the office and they're doing nothing and they've had the same resources for years, they've had the same people in their corner for years and they've done nothing with all the resources that they've had, you know, you get a little tired of that. Yeah. I mean, I look at there have been some folks in office, Democrats and Republicans alike, that have done nothing to affect their uh, local constituency, their local communities. You see their local communities riddled with crime. You see their local community, communities, uh, people who are jobless. You see all these things happening, and yet these guys are getting fat paychecks, huge bonuses, wonderful pension plans, free health care, and yet the people who are electing them are suffering. And see, I think that's what this whole election is about. It's not about being a Republican or a Democrat or a Libertarian. It's about being a person that's tired of the same old, same old, you know, and they want something different. If you've been if you've been voting for the past 10, 20 years and you haven't seen anything change, but you've seen the same old thing, you want something different. And I think, you know, 
or both sides of the equation. You have a guy like John McCain who uh, picks Sarah Palin, and she would definitely be quite a change for the White House. It would not be politics as usual in the White House. It'd be something different there, you know. Now, what does that? What would that actually mean for women's rights? Well, we know her position on women's rights, you know. And so, what would that mean for uh, issues like Roe v. Wade and you know so forth? I mean, there are a lot of things that people look at and they're like, wow, you know, would it change? Would it stay the same? We don't know. Would it make, you know, would she be that ultra-conservative that she's being portrayed as? You know, and is that something that's good for our country right now? Brian, let's, let's go over the questions. Uh, the question in the chat room is, but the black community continues to vote Democrat, and how has that improved the black community? You know, that's a good question. That's a good question. That that's a good, a good question. question. Because people assume that the black community votes straight down the line Democrat. And that's, most of the time that's not. Some some do and some don't, but we can only speak for the South. Right. You have to be in the South to understand why they vote the way that they vote. Exactly. In the South, they do not trust the Republicans because they're, the things that they're doing does not help the black community. It's almost as if, you know, and I was talking with someone uh, just the other day. It was a white gentleman, uh, didn't really make a lot of money. He was in the lower, he was, he was not in the middle class. He was below the, more, the, the middle class, and he didn't have a lot of money. But he said, you know, years past I've always voted Republican, 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 but their issues and their policies, they don't help me. They want my vote, but it doesn't help me. And I asked him, I said, well, why do you always vote? Republicans said, because I was taught to vote Republican. And I said, well, why did they teach you that? He said, it's a class thing. And I'm like, wow. Could that be the same with blacks, Brian? Could it be that our children are watching us vote Democrat and they pick up on it and that's something that they want to do and that's why they do it? Absolutely. It's a learned, it's a learned thing. When I was young, I was taught that President Reagan was bad. Jimmy Carter was good. As I grew older, I knew that some of the policies that that Jimmy Carter implemented weren't necessarily great, and that some of the policies that Reagan implemented were actually pretty good. You know, and so there were different things that, but because we're in the Deep South, and because you know, in the Deep South, you know, since Reconstruction, the Republican Party has not been the friend to the uh, African American. You tend to vote Democrat because. You already learned. You know that's not your friend. Mm-hmm. You know they're not your friends. So thing. when you have, and then when you see other blacks that vote Republican, you're confused. You're saying, why are they voting Republican? Well, because those blacks have figured out you want to be rich, vote Republican. <laughs> you know, and I'm just that's that's actually a stereotype, and I shouldn't say that, but you know, it's part well, of the reality. Is that that's how they think? That's how people think. That's 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 the mindset. That's the thought process behind that. If you vote for Republicans and you get into those powerful spots that the Republican Party members are in, then, yeah, you'll do great. And, Brian, you know, you've been here and we've been – you see more Republicans coming to the churches asking for their vote. After the voting is over, you never see them. And time and time again, they accept them every time a term – it's time to vote. They show up. They show. They, you 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 won't see them any any you know any other time. You won't see them. You I know it's funny. I, you know it's I, I funny. Invite them. It's it's funny because I can recall my pastor making a statement. He said, "If you are running for office and you come to my church, and once you get in office, I don't see you no more. I'm gonna let everybody know." <laughs> He told him, he said, don't come here looking for an endorsement Yes. because I want you to work. Yes. If you're going to come here and you're looking for something, guess what? My people want something back. And, Brian, this is the sad thing. I've seen them get up before the service, you know, during the service at the very beginning. They say what they have to say. And then they leave. They leave. <laughs> I'm like, how arrogant is that? Oh, well, guess what? 
I can recall and see my pastor, I guess he's just cut from a different thread. But he's called some out. I remember there was a guy that was running for office and he left early. And the pastor said, Well, I was gonna you know, because what he does now is he acknowledges people that are visitors, like uh dignitaries, at the end. Yeah. He doesn't do he'll 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 acknowledge visitors, you know, in the middle of the service, but as far as like the dignitaries or members of office or whatever, he'll do that at the end. Mhm. Mhm. But you know, Brian, it it's a beautiful day, win or lose, it's a beautiful day to see Obama where he is. It's a beautiful day for this country, it's a beautiful day for this world. Not only is the entire world watching, not only is the people in this country watching, I guarantee you if Obama gets into office, you will see things change. Now, it's going to take some time for a lot of people that are hateful. And I'm not going to say everybody's hateful because you didn't vote for Obama if you don't agree with his, his policies and the things that he believes in. I'm not saying that you're hateful, but you know who you are when you say a oh, black man can't lead this country. You know who you are. But what I'm saying is, at some point, you will get used to seeing that. You will get used to seeing him there. And and you will see, I really, I truly believe that, Brian, you'll start seeing a lot of people elevating themselves because they have that hope of when they see him in his office, it's possible. And, Brian, you know me, I always end, if I'm sending something to someone, I always put it, all things are possible. Mm-hmm. Sometimes all people need is hope. They need something that they can hold on to. And, Brian, just like you've asked the younger kids and, and I've asked the kids, when they see Barack, they'll tell you it's possible. Now, if you were to ask kids years ago, two, three years ago, what do they want to be? President would never come up. It would be policeman, fireman, football player, basketball player, baseball player. That's it. But now when you get out there and you ask these kids now, they'll tell you, oh, I want to be president. Or you hear a little black girl say, I want to be a president. The Hispanics, you hear people from all different uh, nationalities and ethnic backgrounds saying the same thing. I, it's possible that I can become president. I can become president. Brian DeTalley right now, electoral totals is 200, Obama, 85, McCain. I actually see here on, uh, and I'm on a different channel here, I see 199 Obama to 124 McCain. Okay. And I actually see him winning Ohio as well as Florida with 50% of the votes. In. They, gave, they gave him Florida? Right now it's still a toss-up, but it shows him at, um, and this is just local that we that they're showing. He's at fifty to two percent of the vote for Florida, with forty-eight uh, percent, actually with fifty percent of the votes in. So Florida's going to be close. That's going to be a real close one. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It is, and you know. Uh, Brian, we we we've we've come so far as a people. We've come, and now is this it? No. And and I'll say this, Brian: if Obama gets in the office, black people or whoever voted for him, you better have tough skin. You better have tough skin because they're going to say some things. And Brian, if he gets in the office tonight, we need to be careful how we celebrate. We need to be careful how we carry ourselves because a lot of people's not gonna like it. And Brian, I don't know if some of the places you go people try to pick you to start to make you uh, argue with them. I don't know if that's something that you've dealt with, but a lot of people tell me that. And I'm I'm so glad this election is almost over because this country have been walking on ends on pins and needles all these two years. And it is it is absolutely crazy, and I just I just hope everything. Uh, no one is hurt. No one is uh, just. I just hope everybody stays calm, and no matter where this thing goes, we have to stay calm. We can't do anything crazy because we're all Americans. We're not divided. We shouldn't be, even though a lot of us are, but we shouldn't. We shouldn't be. And and Brian, I, I want to say this too. With Obama's cabinet. Who do you think he was? Who, who do you think he's going to choose to put in his cabinet if he wins? You know that's kind of tough. 
I always thought that Obama's cabinet would be sort of a conglomerate of people from different walks of life, financial folks. You know, I, I actually thought that he would make Warren Buffett, like, in charge of the money or something. I don't know. I, I figured that'd be a given, <laughs> you know. Um, but, you know, I, I never really thought about who he would put in certain places. You know, you figured that... Uh, you figure that Bill Richardson would have a place in his cabinet. You know, Bill Richardson was actually running for president, so to have a prominent place in his cabinet would be, you know, sort of a no-brainer. Um, I didn't think that he would have Hillary Clinton in a prominent role anywhere in his cabinet for the simple fact that I think she's going to run again, and she probably would decline having a prominent role. And you know what, man? I don't mean to cut you off, but I don't – People just took for granted that he never asked Hillary to run to be his vice president. I don't think she wanted that. No, I don't either. I don't think she wanted that. And, and, and honestly, I really don't think it would have been a good move. And the reason I say that is because of Bill Clinton. Right. You have the president back in the White House again. How in the world can you get out from under his shadow? Exactly. And people would have thought that. Obama was being puppeteered by yes, yes. President Clinton. Yes, yes. You know, and I, and I, and I believe that uh, with Hillary, I, I'm I'm almost sure that he and Hillary. I'm sure they talked. I'm sure that was mentioned, and I, I just truly believe that that wasn't something that she wanted. I, I just don't believe that. I don't believe that she would take a position in his um, cabinet. I, I don't believe that either. I believe that she's going to run again at some point. Right. She's still young enough. Right, of course. She's young enough. You know, I also think that, uh, you know, because people talked about Colin Powell having a prominent place in his cabinet. I don't think that Colin Powell will have a prominent place, but I think that he'll definitely use Colin Powell as a, as a top advisor, which I think would be an excellent and smart move because you want a person with the stature. You know, the thing that I've heard on, uh, I was watching... Uh, I think it was ABC earlier tonight, and they had uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but they had a he was uh, he's an African American and he's a columnist and also uh, what's the guy he's always on the Tom Joyner Joyner Morning Show. Are you talking about Tavis Smiley? Tavis Smiley, yes, he was one of the correspondents on tonight, and they asked him about the concept of having a black man as president. And he said that, you know, I honestly thought that the first black president would have been Colin Powell. You know, and I tend to agree with him, but it's just that Colin Powell did not run. You know, and I truly believe that had Colin Powell run for president, you know, he, hands down, people would have voted for him because he has that universal appeal. You know, and I think just the sheer endorsement of Barack Obama as president by Colin Powell speaks volumes to the type of appeal he has among all people. You know what, Brian, let me, add, let me say this. A lot of people won't say this, but I'm going to say it. A lot of people are calling Obama the Antichrist. You've heard that. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard that. that. We, we, we've heard all this stuff, and he, he's going to uh, trick the people. He's going to do all these things to the people, and they've called him uh, an elitist and, and all these different names. Why can't he just be a smart person that just happened to be biracial and running for office? Is it because he just doesn't look like the norm that's been running or the, the ones that's been in the office? We need to talk. We need to sit down and talk to be able to get along with other countries at some point. We need to bury the hatchet. Because when Obama made that statement, a lot of people was angry with him because he said that he would sit down with these other people in high places. What happened immediately after he said that? Bush did it. Everything Obama said that he would do, Bush started doing it. Mm -hmm. And then when uh, McCain was saying that, well, he won't, he's never been out of the country, he won't do it. And, and when the man did it, they complained because he did it. Well, all the news media was going with him. Now, I, I don't understand all of that or why they wanted to go, but they went. It's something, it, there's something about Obama that draws your attention. It, it's like he demands your attention when he talks because 
You just want to sit there and listen to him talk. But now I'm going to tell you, he's made a lot of promises that he's going to have to keep. And, Brian, I just don't see him being able to do all of that in four years. You know, I don't either. I, I, but I think if he actually gets the – because the thing about it, the, with the promises that he's made, he's going to need help. Oh, yeah. And that's what everybody's – see, if you're expecting uh, Barack Obama gets in, you know, wins the election – and then everything changes overnight. If you're expecting that, then you, you're looking at the wrong race. I mean, you're, you, your expectations are just too high, you know. I mean, when you look at all the campaign promises that Bush made, he didn't fulfill all his campaign promises. Yeah. And he had eight years to fulfill them all. And so, of course, you're not going to have uh, Barack Obama come in in four years. Everything's going to be perfect. I mean, this is just too far gone. I mean, this is eight. He can't undo eight years in four years. <laughs> yeah. You see? It's going to be hard, and I think he's preparing the people because he, he kept saying, he kept saying, Brian, uh, you're going to have to bear <laughs> with us. Hold on, Greg. I want to, I want to comment I on uh, the chat room because I just laugh at this. You know, they're talking about uh, one of our guests in the chat room says, Eight years, why not make him king? And I'm assuming he's talking about Obama. <laughs> you know, I think, and, and then he asked the question, what would change and undo what? Well, you have a lot of things that need to be changed. You know, the foreign policies that we have right now, the world hates us. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're going to be a superpower, we can't be the superpower that says, hey, if you don't like us, too bad we'll bomb you, you know. We have to be the type of superpower that everybody respects. And right now, we don't have a whole lot of respect around the world. You know, we are in, actually in some countries with our military, and the people there don't respect us, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things we have to change. We have to change our overall. I think what we need is we need a – we need the U.S. needs a makeover. <laughs> wow, here it is. We're talking about makeovers, you know. But I think we need a makeover. We need to improve our image around the world because right now people see us as the great evil, you know. And so here it is, you know, and of course he says, who have we bombed? Who cares? I don't want to be everyone's friend. You know, and that's great. But as a United States government, we can't be fighting against everybody else in the world. And right now, that's what it looks like. I mean, you have, you know, and I'll just say, you have a guy like John McCain that says, we're going to go and bomb Russia. Uh, no, we'll go, we'll go to war with Russia. And then he says, oh, we'll go to war with Iran. You know, he's calling all these places out where he's ready to go to war. You know, we'll go to North, with North Korea. You see? And, and it's the thing, you know, the question that you're asking, they're all valid questions. They're great questions, but I think, what we need to do first is try diplomacy. See, we haven't even tried diplomacy. We said under no uncertain terms are we going to sit down and talk with anybody. We don't care what you think. So don't even try to talk to them. Just slap them upside the head. Sure, that's a great strategy. Yeah. And Perfect chime in. He says America has developed a bully reputation. We all know what happened to the bully at the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and so here it is. He says, I'm sure there would have been many a political ads if those were facts. Well, you have to remember, Obama had promised not to run a negative campaign. He promised not to run a negative campaign. So he based his campaign on stuff that would not be deemed as being negative. Mm-hmm. I guess it's who. You know, I, I think I think if you want to call a negative camp, uh, the most negative, if you want to call it, was when he talked about, uh, when he used the campaign where uh, he says, I am not George Bush, but you voted with George Bush 90% of the time. Now, he used facts. He used facts. Mm. Now, see, we never talked about giving, you know what, I guess I'm going to have this argument with the guy in, uh, in the chat room all night. But what I will say is, we can talk. We can have all these things that we discuss, but the truth of the matter is, here it is. We have we've had a Republican 
regime in for eight years. And for those eight years, we went from having a surplus to an amazingly huge deficit. We went from people having the ability to own homes and purchase homes, and with the prices of everything going up so fast, faster than our uh, incomes would warrant, you know, just imagine, imagine this one, you know, and this is for the, the, the viewer in the chat room. Imagine this. Imagine if Bush had gotten his way and put all of the money in Social Security, allowed people to put it in the stock market. Well, isn't that, isn't that what happened in Florida when a lot of the money was lost? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But imagine, and that was that was with the Florida pension funds. But imagine if he would have done that nationally, put the money in the stock market, and then what we witnessed in the last couple of months, or the last couple of weeks, actually. Now, you tell me, would that have been a reckless policy? Absolutely. People said we can't. And he says, let people decide on how they want to use their money. You know, and they're saying, don't fund Social Security. Well, when you do that, and you have something that in your, that's based, I consider it being a huge gamble that you're taking. Yes, but let me ask you this. With all the other countries, we've talked about North Korea and Syria, we've talked about Iran and um, other places, Iraq and Afghanistan. If Sarah Palin was the vice president, do you honestly believe that these other countries would respect her? If something were to happen to McCain and she would become the president, do you think that these guys in these other countries, do you think that they would actually respect her uh, enough as the president to sit down and talk with her? Because, you know, in those other countries, they really don't deal with women. They don't put women, they, they, they see women different uh, than how we see them. Well, you know what? I think it would have been their loss, to be honest. I think it would have been their loss not to show a president of the United States respect, whether it be male or female. You know, if let's let's just assume it it happens. John McCain wins, his health fails, or something happens where he has to step down as president, and you have Sarah Palin in office as president of the United States. I think it would be a huge mistake for other countries to come in and disrespect a sitting president of the United States in any form or fashion. Mm -hmm. I think it was just highly disrespectful for the, uh, I can't remember who she met with. I think it was a French president or someone. The things that he said to it, yes. Yes, I think that was highly disrespectful for him to say that. It it made you think like, well, is that the only thing that you can say about her is her her looks? Right, you know. And so, and and this is something I believe. And and again, this this isn't, just indicative of Sarah Palin, but of any female that's in higher office. I mean, you have female heads of state in many a country. If I can remember, there was a female, uh, Benazir Bhutto, who was assassinated. Now, she was president of Pakistan, mm-hmm. and then she was going to run again as president of Pakistan, and she was assassinated for it. Wow. But if you can remember, when she was president of Pakistan, you know, they did pretty good. So, or when you look at, uh, I think what was I can't remember the lady's name, but she was president of the uh, the Philippines. Yes, yes. You know, and so you have plenty of people who uh, females who have run the state. You know, Margaret Thatcher comes to mind. Well, Brad, let me ask you this, and not to cut you off because we only have about six more minutes. Mm-hmm. I was looking at a picture of Emmett Till today, as he lay in his casket, swollen up and beaten. And just left for dead, and, and, and actually they, they killed him. And even to this day, the young lady that worked with McCain, uh, she volunteered and worked on this campaign. I'm not saying that he had anything to do with it, and, I, and I'm not saying that the Republicans had anything to do with her falsely accusing a black man, six foot three, whatever, whatever, whatever. In this day and age, people are still trying to pull those stunts. Uh, they'll say that a black man did this or did that, and 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 you'll see the police officers picking up people that match that description. Now, what is being done to those people that falsely that falsified 
information to a police officer. And I don't really want the answer for that, you know, so much, you know, on a on just on a a smaller scale. That what I'm trying to say is, black men have been targeted for so long. And when I went to vote, Brian, I saw a lot of older men coming out with tears running down their face. And I think that's something that white America, uh, other other nationalities and ethnic back, I don't think they really understand. So they they say that we complain all the time about I, I, it, it. You would have to be one of us to really understand it. Am, am I making any sense, Brian? Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. It is it, tough. Yeah, it, I, absolutely. You know, the one thing that, and I watched that and I saw you know on TV where people came out and they were cheering, they were happy, they were thankful that they could actually go and vote. And they were glad to see this moment. And not just black men, but also women. Women who were voting for Sarah Palin, they were glad, they were voting for John McCain and Sarah Palin. They were glad to say that win, lose, or draw, we're going to have a different face in the White House. Mm-hmm. See, either, this, way, we're gonna have either way this thing goes, we are going to, we are witnessing, we are been in, we are, uh, proving that history, that we can set the tone of history. Mm-hmm. And Brian, what a beautiful day that will be. What a beautiful day. What What do you think Martin Luther King could say if he would see this? What do you think John F. Kennedy would, could, you know, what what do you think he would say? Because he said that in one of his speeches that a black man could become the president in 40 or so years. That was in one of his speeches. And now we're on the brink of it happening. And it's just going to be a beautiful thing. And I'm telling you, older, just black men in general will feel, I mean, it's something I can't explain what they're going to feel tonight or what they're already feeling but it is a wonderful, wonderful blessing for us to be a part of history, to do this, to vote. And I think back at all the people that stood in line that were, they had the hoses turned on them and the dogs attacking them. For this moment, it was a beautiful thing, Brian. Oh, I agree. I, I think it's just, it's it's beyond historic because this this used to be like sort of a national thing. This is a pandemic event now. This is a this is a universal, I would say, event. You know, hey, nobody else in the universe knows who we are yet that we know of. We don't know where they are yet. But hey, this right. is universal. This is sort of like a. And, and I'll say this. Dare I say? Well, no, I didn't want to use that analogy. Well, I, I want to say this is sort of like an earthquake type. 8.9 point Richter scale event. Well, let me say this, Brian. It's not only done by the blacks now. Right. Obama, this is not just done by the blacks. I'm saying everybody is connecting all over the world. In this country, everybody is coming together. It's not a black thing. It's not a white thing. It's all one. People are uniting like never before. And it is a beautiful thing. I was just on the phone with my mom before we did the show, start the show. And they showed Chicago, where Obama's going to have his rally or speech or whatever. It is so awesome and so beautiful to see all these different races together, hugging and just having a wonderful time. How could anyone be against that? Right. Hey, I want to say this before our guest leaves. We've got about 50 seconds left. He, he wants to ask, what would be the best thing for the black community? And I want to answer this real just real quick and say, I think the best thing for the black community is not to expect Obama to do a thing for us just because he's black. Mm-hmm. Well, close it out, Brian. You know, and and I don't. I, what I'm saying is, I don't expect Obama to come in and hand me any money or hand me anything. What the best thing the black community can do is. Get out there and 
get it for themselves. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you again for joining us tonight, and we will be back on next Monday where we will have another exciting and wonderful show. We thank you, good evening, and God bless.